This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the European Show. I'm your host Mo Stewart and as Liverpool changed their European destination from Portugal to Spain, we are going to turn our attention to Spain as well. And I'm delighted to be joined by La Liga TV presenter Semra Hunter. Semra, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. As always, Spain is a very exciting place right now in terms of football. It's an exciting place to be in terms of football and just in life in general, right? <laughs> Spain is a wonderful place to be, especially now that the summer is coming up and uh, the sun is finally out and shining again. So, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. How are you? Thanks for having me back. Oh, I'm great. I mean, everything's rosy in Liverpool's world right now. And the travelling fans will be very pleased to hear about the weather in Spain. Um, <laughs> So obviously in the Champions League, Liverpool will be first up against Villarreal. So we should probably get the lowdown on them. But there is another Spanish team still knocking around. So we'll probably do a bit of due diligence on them before the end of this show. But first of all, Villarreal. Liverpool on a potentially historic run of this season, going for everything in front of them like greedy school children. Mm. They're going to be favourites for this tie. Of course they are. But so are Bayern Munich in the last round. So were Juventus in the round before. So was Manchester United in the last year's Europa League final. So was Arsenal in the semis. I mean, let's face it, Villarreal have been superb in Europe for two seasons running now. Isn't it about time us in England gave them a bit more respect? Oh, without a doubt. And I think not just the club deserves a lot more respect. I think Unai Emery, as a manager, deserves a lot more respect, especially from maybe England fans, uh, maybe from Arsenal fans. I know he didn't have a great time of it there and he was often the one who had to take most of the blame for what was going on. But I think now, as the years have passed, people are slowly starting to realise that Unai Emery wasn't exactly the problem. Mm. Um, although I do think it's true that he thrives in a different kind of setting. And I think that Villarreal has been the perfect place for him. And it's very similar to what he experienced when he was at Sevilla. It's a club that's really much more family oriented kind of family run it's much more personal they give him a lot of um, room to do whatever it is that he wants to do they give him a lot of support they give him a lot of confidence they give him what he needs he will ask for certain types of players they will give it to him so it's just a completely different scenario and setup and environment for him and i think it's allowed him personally as a manager to thrive as well as Villarreal, as we've seen you mentioned all of those names in European competition, but let's not forget in La Liga as well this season. They drew both times with Real Madrid. Probably should have won at least one of those games. I can't remember exactly which one. I think it was at the Santiago Bernabeu. They had so many chances. They just really struggled to convert, but they would have deserved to win that game. And same with Atletico Madrid. They drew over the two legs. And again, I think they could have easily won at least one of those two games. They're a superb side. I know people will look at where they are in the league table and say, oh, well, yeah, okay, they're mm -hmm. seventh. We shouldn't take them that seriously. But the thing is, they've been putting all their eggs in one basket, knowing that they can actually go for something in Europe. They can do something historic. They've already proved as much against Bayern Munich. I think no matter what happens against Liverpool, they will certainly have earn the respect of what they have done so far this campaign for mm -hmm. all of those teams that they knocked out along the way that you've already mentioned. And so it has affected their performance levels on a league uh, level, let's say, because they have been massively focusing on what they can do in Europe and it's taken its toll mm. um, 
in La Liga. And that means that may even be without European competition altogether for next season. But they figure, you know what, let's just give it a go. Why not? We've beaten all those players or we've beaten all of those teams. We can maybe do the same with Liverpool, even though I think this is a much bigger task, mm-hmm. a much bigger ask. And I'm not so sure that they'll make it past this round, unfortunately. Well, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because all of the reasons why we would say that they would win, there's this kind of behemoth thing here of saying Liverpool right. are doing their thing. And when Liverpool are at their best, teams like Villarreal can't necessarily cope. But I want to come back to the point you made about the difference between league form and European form. Because I think this is a really interesting point about teams like this and managers like Emery, like you say. I think if we look at his record in European ties, it's a 31 out of 36. Hmm. That's a remarkable record. But then if you think about a a league season uh, and they're facing teams like Real Madrid, like Barcelona, like Atletico, who just can't, they can't compete with financially. It's a very similar situation to what you see in England and maybe seeing a team like West Ham, for example, who they're never going to really get into the Champions League through the league places. Over the course of a season, that money becomes more important. But when you've got two games and you've got a tactical mind like Emery and a team that mm. fights for everything and is able to adapt to his plans, that's when you can really maximise the best of your teams, isn't it? Without a doubt, without a doubt. And I think that they have really been sacrificing the league for that very reason. I mean, a perfect example is before the second leg against Bayern Munich, he rotated the entire squad, all 11 players he took out against Athletic Club. I don't remember the last time a manager has done something like that, whether it be in Spain, whether it be in England or anywhere. He was obviously protecting everybody that he figured would be important for them in that second leg, and it worked. And even though they played again this week and he didn't rotate everybody, he did start to make some rotations because he even said, we are emotionally, emotionally, mentally, physically drained. Going past Bayern Munich took a lot out of us. And because they don't have those resources, they don't have the same level of finances as everybody else. It does wear them down. And so they can't compete across the board for all of the different competitions like a Liverpool who are going for the quadruple at the moment. They just don't have the same bandwidth as a club like Liverpool or Manchester City or Real Madrid, for example. So that's why he's had to say, you know what? We're doing pretty well in the Champions League. Let's just go for it. And he himself, as a manager, has said it's always been his objective. As much as he loves the Europa League and he's Mr. Europa League and he's won it several times and he's been very successful and hasn't lost games, uh, as you already pointed out, many of them. He's certainly won a lot of them, especially in a row and with various teams. He's always said that his number one goal is to win the Champions League. And you can see that. And I think this is the time where he feels like, you know what, maybe we can actually do it. And maybe Villarreal are the team I can do it with. He has all these players behind him. They're on board. They will absolutely do whatever he tells them to do. They will buy into it. They believe it. And you could see that. He came up with a tactical master plan against Bayern Munich. And he watched, I think he said something like 12 games of theirs in preparation for it. So he studied them to the utmost detail and came up with this brilliant plan of how to stop them, how to notify their strengths and how to optimize Villarreal's own strengths. And it worked across the two legs. And so I think when that comes to fruition, of course the players are going to say, okay, whatever you tell us to do, we'll do it. So it is interesting the way that he's managed to, um, I guess, yeah, manage the different competitions. But without a doubt, their their number one goal here, the number one target is to be as successful as they possibly can in the Champions League. 
It is interesting to think that uh, you know Emery actually has more chance of winning the Champions League with Villarreal than he did with PSG. <laughs> when you think of the scores, but that, that, I think it's true. I, I 100% agree with you on that one. Um, now let's talk about the players. Obviously, at the weekend he did rest some of them against Getafe, and I do think about what you said regarding him spending yeah. hours poring over on Liverpool games, looking at weaknesses. I think I can probably predict what one of the, one of the areas he's going to be looking at. Maybe the spaces behind our yeah. fullback, perhaps. Um, we saw against kind of similar to Bayern Munich in that regard. By yeah, the way. I was going to say very similar setup, uh, and obviously that game they went in with um, three more defensively minded. Mm midfielders alongside Danny Parejo but then they had um, Dan Juma up front and Gerard Moreno now I want to talk about Gerard Moreno because anyone who was watching at the weekend against oh. Atafe he came off with what looks like a recurrence of a muscle injury something that has been his well to pardon the pun it's been his Achilles heel this season and he has been so central to their their run over these last couple of years. Do we know how serious this injury is? Uh, is Emery keeping his cards close to his chest? And if he isn't available, how big a blow is that to Villarreal? Um, first things first, as the time we're speaking now, Villarreal haven't made any official comment. So we don't know how serious it is. Unai Emery has spoken about it. He's obviously upset and disappointed because we're talking about the most important player of the entire squad and he makes all the difference in the world. And the fact that Gerard Moreno himself was the one who noticed that there was something wrong and he asked to be taken off. Whether that's just as a precaution, whether it's because it's something really serious, it's a little bit difficult to kind of read in between the lines to know as of yet, but it definitely is a concern. There's no question about it. You said it's a recurring issue. I think this is the fourth time he will be sidelined through injury just this season, mm -hmm. and it's his worst season in terms of picking up injuries. I don't remember a time before this when he was constantly on and off the pitch. I mean, he's missed loads of games for them this campaign, and it's noticeable whenever he's not there. The good news is that the first leg is in, what, 10 days, something like yeah. that? So there's a little bit of time to see if maybe it's not that serious. He can work through it this week. Obviously, he's not going to play in the midweek round of fixtures, I would imagine. There's no La Liga at the weekend, so that would be an extra bit of rest for him. So I don't know as of yet whether he will be able to feature or not. Will it be a big blow? Absolutely. <laughs> There's no question about it. You will be the one man that Liverpool and Liverpool fans will hope is not in the thick of it because he is someone that even if he's not providing the goals, he really does help make a difference with those around him. He can set everybody else up for success. And also the leadership that he brings to the team as well is vastly important. But he is a man for big games and for big moments. He tends to score the winning goal or the one that will equalize and level the playing field that will keep Villarreal very much into the game and he is the target man even though he's not an out and out nine he's not a pure striker he's someone who really operates more in wider upper uh, wider areas and likes to come inside so he's somewhat in between a nine and a ten he can be a bit of a playmaker he's very good on the ball he's very good off the ball he can do a lot of different things essentially he's not just a fox in the box waiting to get the service and to put it in the back of the net he's an incredibly flexible player and very tactically adept as well, like so many of them in the team. So you definitely don't want him to be there. But for those of us who are rooting for Villarreal, we definitely want him to be there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair enough. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 
Now let's talk about the guy who will probably be playing up front alongside him. Another guy who's a forward, but is not really what you call a central striker. He, I mean, he played as a winger on that Danjuma when he was playing at Bournemouth the last time he was in England. Now, earlier this season, you've had a very uh, eye-catching performance at Old Trafford, and there were rumours of Liverpool being linked with him, although that was before we went on to sign Luis Diaz, of course. Now... I believe that he will still be looking to put on a show coming back to England. Um, what kind of talent level do you believe he has? Do you think he has the ability to eventually go on to play for a club like Liverpool? I would say, based on the evidence of what we're seeing him do under Unai Emery, yes. Mm -hmm. But again, I think it's a perfect example of being at the right place in the right time and working with the right kind of leadership and management. And I think Unai Emery has made all the difference in the world for him. He's helped him not only regain his confidence, but he's made him a better player. And if he were to work with someone like Jurgen Klopp, I think the sky is the limit. He would probably become even better than he is right now. And obviously it would be interesting to see how he would fit into the tactical plans and the setup of someone like Jurgen Klopp. Mm -hmm. He's done a marvelous job at Villarreal. There's no question about it. He had a really, really strong start to the campaign. He just had like a baptism of fire, but he absolutely passed with flying colors. He was really pivotal to them in terms of finding the back of the net with regularity. He was the top scorer for a period of time. He did have a few months where form kind of dipped a bit. He kind of fell away and it wasn't really clear as to what was happening there, but he seems to be back at his best, at least from what we have seen earlier this campaign. And that partnership with Gerard Moreno is working really, really well. And again, you mentioned he's not exactly someone who needs to be in a central striking position. He can operate wider, come inside, kind of like a, a mirror image of Gerard Moreno, if you like, mm -hmm. in some ways, because they often play with a 4-4-2 setup. So you have the two of them up top, but they have so much freedom to roam around and to move around and to cause a lot of issues for uh, defences because they're not really sure where they should go or how they should track them, if they should go man-to-man -man marking or if they should do positional marking. And oftentimes it works to the benefit of Danjuma and Gerard Moreno. So he's had a sensational time under Unai Emery. He speaks a lot of praise about him as well. I think he appreciates that he's taken him under his wing and really helps him to become someone who can really reach his full potential. And so it'll be interesting to see if somebody like a Liverpool or someone else in England may decide to try and bring him back at a bigger club, for example. But there's no question that he will want to put on a show, as you say. And I think he feels that maybe he has a bit of unfinished business and a bit of something to prove whenever he goes back to England uh, in this tie against Liverpool. So we've mentioned at the top, Liverpool are heavy favourites. Now we've spoken about the forward line of Villarreal and they are going to have a fighting chance, let's say. Mm. We saw against Benfica uh, the damage that Darwin Nunes did to Liverpool. And I want to speak about the dynamics of the first leg being at Anfield as opposed mm. to having the second leg at Anfield. So it's almost as if Villarreal are going to have to endure this first leg and see what they can have in terms of and a target, maybe not a one-goal deficit, maybe not a two-goal deficit by the time mm. they go back to their home form. I think it is interesting that this time they start away first rather than play at home because they played Bayern Munich the first leg. It was at home, it was at La Ceramica, and then they travelled to Munich. And so I think they will probably try to defend as much as possible and keep it as low a scoring line as possible. 
because of the away goal rule, I'm not sure they'll be all that bothered if they don't end <laughs> up scoring at Anfield. I think it'll be more about trying to shut Liverpool out, especially because they can be so dangerous at home. We all know that they have an incredible wealth and depth of, of attack uh, under Jurgen Klopp. So the thing is, Liverpool, sorry, Villarreal, they actually defend quite well. Mm-hmm. And we saw that against Bayern Munich. We see it time and time again. In La Liga, um, Pau Torres has been a brilliant example of somebody who has put on almost a perfect performance on a regular basis, hardly ever puts a foot wrong. He has the experience next to him in Raul Albiol, a veteran, someone who has been playing football at the highest level for many, many years and make a wonderful partnership in central defence. And they've been playing together more than any other central defensive partnership um, than any across the league. So they have so many minutes together. They have a really wonderful understanding of how each other operate. And that does go a long way in trying to help protect your goalkeeper behind you because Ruli has looked a little bit shaky at times. And I think he might be a little bit nervy at Anfield, which is something that we saw in that first goal and the only goal that Bayern Munich scored at the Allianz Arena. He was a little bit at fault, not entirely at fault, but I think he was just not fully feeling confident and that's something that Liverpool can certainly take advantage of. My suspicion is they'll try and bite on the pressure and maybe try to keep as much possession as they possibly can because by doing so the more you have the ball the less your opponent has of it and the less danger and threat that they can create. So um, I suspect it'll be all about defending as much as possible and then maybe springing on a counter-attack if they get the opportunity to do that. You already said that Liverpool can play a high line there'll be space to run into behind Danjuma Gerard Moreno, if he plays, they're great. The runners, they can attack with a lot of pace and speed in the good and 1v1 mm-hmm. situations. So my sneaking suspicion is that the tactics will look roughly something like that. Obviously, it will depend on the phase of the game. But more or less, it'll be about trying to stop Liverpool as much as possible. And then when they go home, it'll be phenomenal. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're going to need to be brave and they showed that bravery against Bayern Munich. You mentioned the goal that they conceded playing out from the back. That same kind of movement also Mm. produced the goal that clinched it to send them through for Chiquese, being able to draw Bayern Munich in and play around them. So I believe Emery's going to be just as as brave Anfield, despite what happened to Manchester (laughs) City at Wembley on Sunday. Yeah, don't expect a Diego Simeone type of defence. <laughs> you can definitely expect them to take more risks and be braver. Eh? Unai Emery does like to take risks, so I suspect that there will be moments of that for sure. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be two fantastic games to look forward to. Now, as I mentioned at the top, we need to do due diligence on the other leg. Now, obviously, lots of people will tell you Liverpool and Manchester City are the two best teams in world football and will ultimately lead in the Champions League final. However, there are quite a few people in Spain who've been watching Real Madrid in the Champions League this season and have been thinking, hmm, we've seen this movie before. There is something about that club that when a certain smell gets in their nostrils, it feels like that cup is destined for them. And we've seen the way that they beat PSG and Chelsea. It's going to be another titanic battle against Manchester City. How many people in Madrid at the moment are believing that this, once again, is going to be their year? I think Madridistas think they've already won the Champions League. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just how they operate. That's their modus operandi. They always think Real Madrid are going to win. They almost never have any sort of negativity or doubts. Or even when they're not playing well, they still think, 
we're Real Madrid, the badge weighs heavy, we have lots of history, we've won this 13 times, nobody else comes even close to that. So Real Madrid are such a fascinating club because there's so much around the psychology of who they are and how they see themselves that is so different, I think, to any other club in European history. The rest of the world, I don't know, but at least in Europe, that's for sure. And you're right, we've seen it time and time again, the comeback, the comeback Kings this season. And I think there were moments where people thought, yeah, on paper, PSG, favourites. Chelsea, on paper, favourites. Manchester City, on paper, favourites. There's no question that Manchester City have a better team. And I think you're quite right in saying the two best teams in the world playing the best football right now are probably Manchester City and Liverpool. But what we've seen time and time again is that the best team doesn't necessarily always go through. The best team doesn't always necessarily win in Europe. Even when Real Madrid won four out of those five not too long ago in the last seven years or whatever it's been, I would say out of the four that they won, probably three of those, they were definitely not the best team in Europe. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it just kind of defies logic. They have something in them, in their DNA, about their belief that they can do things that nobody else can and that they just know somehow they're going to get the job done, that they actually Mm -hmm. do it. And we saw it again last night against Sevilla. They were 2-0 down at halftime and they were playing some dreadful football in the opening 45 minutes. Sevilla were excellent. They fully deserved to be in the lead. Carlo Ancelotti had a little bit of a talk with them and said, hey guys, believe in yourselves. You have the quality, you have the talent, you've been here before and you've turned it around. And that's exactly what they did. They came out about five minutes after the break. He had made one change. He brought on uh, Rodrigo for Camavinga. They were very lucky, by the way, because Camavinga should have had the second yeah. yellow. He should have been sent off in the first half, but it didn't happen. So Rodrigo comes on. He scores five minutes after the break. Nacho comes on later in the game. First touch of the game, goal. They're level. Then all of a sudden, Karim Benzema does what he also does so often, and he saves them. He scores the winning goal. Vinicius had a goal that was disallowed that, quite honestly, shouldn't have been disallowed. It wasn't a handball. But in any case, they still found another way to keep going and to find a way to victory. So now they're in a comfortable position to win La Liga. They'll have so much confidence and, and belief and mm. just this momentum going into the Champions League that I don't think you can write them off against Manchester City, even if they are the better team. Oh, what I would say to Manchester City and Pep Guardiola, if they're listening, if you get a chance to kill off this Real Madrid team, kill <laughs> them off. Like, cut off their head. Like, kick it over the <laughs> Whatever you need to do to make sure that team is dead. Because if they're not dead, they are coming back. Now, I want Question to... Question for you as a Liverpool fan. Who would you rather have in the final? Manchester City or Real Madrid? Um, I can see positives to beating both of those teams, Sam. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> well, you did what? You, you, you eliminated uh, City at the weekend, didn't you? From what exactly. was it, the FA Cup? Well, with that in mind, we've already taken care of them. So, yes, let's bring on Real Madrid. <laughs> I, think, I think there are a lot of narratives left over from the last Champions League final mm. between the two teams that need certainly. Obviously, Benzema is still around. Bo Salah is still around. Uh, I was well, there for that game. That was that was something. Yeah, it, well, right. Now, Sorry. obviously, uh, yeah. Now, obviously, it means that we will have to watch the Gareth Bale goal again and the Carries incidents again. But I feel like to win this game and then to put a line under it, maybe that's what we need. That's my personal feeling. But Fair enough. I Fair mean, enough. The, the, the simple fact is at this stage, I think I'd rather face Manchester City because they'll be easier to beat. <laughs> Ooh. 
So I guess you don't want Pep Guardiola or City fans well, to be listening to you. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't expecting the end of the show to get me in that much trouble, but Sorry. there we are. <laughs> <laughs> Semra, as always, it's been so much fun chatting to you. Um, I would say good luck to Villarreal in every other thing that they do, apart from when they play Liverpool. And thanks for bringing us so much joy on La Liga TV all year long. And hopefully we'll see more of you soon. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Good luck. Enjoy the games as well. And yeah, see you soon. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. I'll, I'll try and enjoy it a little bit. And for all of you out there, <laughs> see you next time. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.